0: Welcome. You're listening to the Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into this Quotable Monday. Today, I'm featuring a quote, a saying from the past, the long past, as far as we're concerned, back in the days of the Roman emperor, Octavius. And this comes from the lead poet of the time, Horace. Now, some of you may be familiar with this from the movie, The Dead Poet Society, but its origins came from this Roman poet. And the line is much more extensive in his work, The Odes, but it has been reduced to the simple saying, seize the day, carpe diem. Horace wrote it this way, though. Carpe diem quam minimum credula postero, which literally translates into pluck the day, trusting as little as possible in the next one. So you seize the day, own the day. The moment is now. This is the time you have. This saying actually came to mind through an exchange with one of our listeners, one of my former clients, Vina. She is up to big things, and she's a force of nature just by her own right, but she has some big dreams. She wants to make an impact on the world, yet just like all of us, from time to time, we succumb to circumstances. We succumb to what other people are saying influences from out there. And so for me, this saying, carpe diem, seize the day, speaks to taking the bull by its horns, owning the day. Not surrendering leadership to outside forces, and in this exchange with Vina, she kind of alluded that there, you know, something that was on her plate or on her agenda was she was going to look at someday, someday fulfilling. And I said, why not now? Why not next year? And she listed several circumstances, you know, some constraints of the environment and some family issues or relationship issues that you know kind of are there or the is pulling energy from her. And I said something to the effect, if you were to commit to the mission and do it anyways, these things, these obstacles would be just things to handle on your way to fulfilling your mission. And then I listed several ideas that she could utilize in in order to work around or engineer her way around the obstacles or the seeming circumstances that were present for her. But this exchange... Really set the tone for today's episode and seize the day, seize the ownership, take responsibility, do not surrender leadership to outside forces, outside circumstances. Now, I want to talk about leadership because I'm not only talking about leadership out in the marketplace, leadership of other people, but I'm also talking about being a leader in your family. I'm also talking about being a leader in your life, assuming a leadership position for your life. And that is taking a position of responsibility for your life. And then again, it may be leadership in the context of creating something big, putting something or making a difference out in the world, which is one of my missions. And so in the context of leadership, I want to address some of the attributes of being a leader, of taking leadership for your life and seizing the day. And then tie it into manifesting. Well, let's tie it into manifesting right now. You see, in order to manifest, we have to align our energy with our intention. So the more invested you are in the present moment, seizing the day, seizing the moment, and you're not sending energy to the past, past circumstances, past hurts, past mistakes, and you're also not anticipating something going wrong, you know, projecting energy into fear, The more you can focus on this moment, the more aligned you will be with your intention because in this moment, you can control how you direct your energy. And so even though the quote is carpe diem, seize the day, we can also direct that to seize the moment, take ownership of this moment right now. You have it in your hand, use it the way you will. Be the director of your life in this moment. Make a choice to move or lean in towards your intention. Lean in towards your outcome, your desired outcome. Now, you have the power right now. Even if things went awry, they went uh, offline or off-road, you can bring yourself back onto the road right this moment. You can redirect in the context of the GPS, your internal GPS, You can recalculate your route to arrive at your destination, even though you made a wrong turn or two. You can seize the moment. This is where your power is. Your point of power is in the present moment. Now, let's talk a little bit about leadership and a couple myths that are assumed to be there when you take on a position of leadership. Okay, one, and this applies to at any role of leadership that you engage in. And that is the idea that because you're taking a position of leadership, you know what you're doing. To illustrate this point, I want to reflect back when I was working at Federal Express, I went from the courier force into management in the same location that I was a courier. I went from hourly to salary in the same facility. Now that's not typically done. They like to put you in a new environment so you don't have the baggage or have, I guess, have your history of you being an employee, quote unquote, or being in the hourly workforce. So I was a courier one day and I walked in on Monday and I picked up a clipboard and then I was a manager. And I went from working behind a truck to walking up and down the line. And one of the couriers said flippantly to me, So, does that clipboard make you a manager? And I said, no, it doesn't. In fact, there's nothing on the clipboard except for blank paper. It allows me to write down some ideas, allows me to write down things I need to address. So, the clipboard makes you a manager? I said, no, the clipboard doesn't make me a manager, but my willingness to pick up the clipboard does. My willingness to be responsible for what I write down on this clipboard makes me a manager. And see, when you take on the role of leadership, it is an audacious, bold act to say, hey, follow me, follow me where I'm going. And this is if you have your own business, if you manage other people, or if you're even just a leader or a parent in a family structure. When you take on that role of leadership, you really have no idea what you're doing because circumstances come up and you have to figure out how you're going to address them, usually on the fly. None of this is really pre-planned. Now, over time, you encounter enough situations that you've handled successfully, ideally, or unsuccessfully, which you learn from. But over time, you develop a body of work or a, a framework by which you can apply to new situations. But when you first take on the mantle of that leadership role, by and large, you would have no idea what you're doing. You're basically just raising your hand, holding the torch, and saying, follow me. I'm not sure where I'm going, but together we can figure it out. The second myth I'd like to address is that leaders are born. People have natural leadership ability. Well, that's not necessarily been my experience. And when I first started, I had some huge gaps in my ability to lead. Now over time I've refined my approach, I've learned things, I've I've really connected with how people think and how they become motivated and how to create a vision, how to enroll people in a vision bigger than yourself. I have to admit in the beginning I just assumed that the because I was in the position of leadership that people would automatically follow me. But then I found myself in situations where I was Laying out an agenda, laying out a plan, a scheme, and I just expected people to follow me, follow along, to go with the program. Yet there were times when I met resistance. And because I was insecure in that position, I utilized force. I utilized my authority that I could impart or inflect some pain, something uncomfortable. What I didn't realize at the time is that people either follow you willingly or they don't follow you at all. And this applies to family dynamics, to businesses, to any, any position that you're in a power and you're trying to enroll somebody else in your program. What I mean by that, when I say people either follow you willingly or they don't follow you at all, basically says that if you force their compliance just to get them to go along with the program in the background of their mind, they are resisting you every step of the way. What you basically just said is that it's going to be more painful for you to not go along or do what I say than to resist. So while on the outside, the, the facade of the situation is that everyone's going along with the program, they're in compliance. But in the background, there's rumor mills, there's gossip, there's undermining, there's energy that's there that will get in the way of the fulfillment of the intended desire, the intended outcome. And so invariably your employees, your kids, your 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 constituents, they end up being just like my cats. When I'm in the room, my cats will not get on the table, they will not get on the counter. Yet If I'm not around, if my wife isn't around, those cats will go anywhere they damn well please. They'll be on top of the fridge. They'll be on top of the counter. They'll be on the shelf. They'll be in places where they have no business being. There's nothing up there to find. There's nothing up there to see. They're just curious. And because I'm not there to tell them not to be, they think they have the right to do whatever they want. This is why you want your kids to grow up knowing the consequence of their decisions, not doing things simply because you said to or said not to. Because once they get in a situation where they have to make a judgment call, they won't have the background in their mind to know the impact of their decisions. And so they may make poor decisions, decisions that you could have guided them around. And so while in some circumstances it feels expedient just to say, do as I say, because I said so, it's more practical or more beneficial long-term to create behaviors, to create a a set of values, a set of of, uh, rules, I guess, internal rules for someone to guide themselves by when you're not there. Because if I could tell my cats that, you know, if you're up on that counter, more than likely you're going to knock off that expensive glassware, and that would make me really, really sad. They might not get up on the shelf or the counter to begin with. But if I could convey the mission, the vision, and get them enrolled and connected to the vision, the overarching outcome that we're working for, then I no longer have to micromanage them. I can trust that when I'm not present that they will be or they will act in alignment with the vision, that their actions will move forward, move forward towards the outcome or the intention that we both are enrolled in. Now, the next attribute that I want to address or talk to speaks to why you would pick up the mantle or pick up the torch of leadership to begin with. And again, this kind of goes back to my whole clipboard example. I picked up the clipboard because I chose to, because I felt I could make a difference. I wanted the opportunity to make a difference. And that's why I started my training business when I left FedEx. I've always wanted to have my own training business, my own coaching business. I started it part-time while I was already at FedEx. So I had one foot in. But an interesting thing happened when I first left the the comfort and security of a you know, weekly paycheck. And this is going to speak to some of you that have grand intentions, big plans for your life, that you want to live a big life. What I was confronted with when I left FedEx is that little nagging voice in the back of our heads that ask, Who are you to think you can do this? I'm serious. Just who do you think you are? When that conversation went on in my head, that was 20 years ago. And even at that time, I had already had some success working with clients one-on-one. I had my role as a leader with FedEx, but that voice was still there. Just who do you think you are? And when we ask that question, we kind of take a look at our skill set. And I forgot the first rule of leadership. Most of the time, you have no idea how to take the next step. You just are willing and committed to taking the next step committed to taking responsibility for the operation it's not necessarily doing it all on your own but it's the willingness to pick up the clipboard it's the willingness to take on the journey it's the willingness to take on you know the challenge and when i really thought it through i realized it had nothing to do with any of my past accomplishments what it had to do was my commitment to my clients and it is through your commitment to your family the commitment to your vision and your mission because if you see a need and I'm raising my hand if you see a need that something needs to be done that it it should or could make the world completely better if it was out there in the world then my friend it is incumbent upon you to make sure it happens you can be a leader in that you don't have to do it on your own. You can be an instigator. You can pull other people together, enroll them in the vision, talk to them about the pain point, talk to them about the solution that you see possible. That is still a position of leadership. It's not necessarily meaning that you have to have your hand on the wheel all the time, but it is through your willingness to be a player in the game. It's through your commitment to make a difference. And it is through that commitment that if you get tangled up doing the tango, you simply tango out of it. You just kind of dance your way through the unknown, and the unknown will arise. And this brings to mind a quote from Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic that counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error in shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself or herself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he or she fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place, her place, shall never be with those cold and timid souls, who neither know victory nor defeat. The other quote I love from Teddy Roosevelt is, People don't care how much you know, until they know how much you care. There's a lot I admire about Teddy Roosevelt. He's basically a self-made man. He had a tremendous power of self-talk, self-edification. But with that said, I'm greatly disappointed in his position on civil rights and equality among men, as well as his position against the indigenous. Um, That was deeply disappointing as I began studying the life of Teddy Roosevelt, But, like I've said many times before, steal the best and leave the rest. No man is perfect. No woman is perfect. And hopefully, if you can take the best that you can find, take the best that I offer, by all means, I am fallible in every stretch of the imagination. But I've also gotten a lot of things right. I've understood or can present a position that will make a difference for your life. So, steal the best and leave the rest. So, where does this leave us? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Seize the moment. Because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you don't wait for it someday. Take power today. Your point of power in manifesting your future is right now. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter at all. Because it doesn't matter how good you are. What really matters is how good do you want to be. Are your decisions, are your actions aligned with how you want to be in the world? Act as if. And here's a bonus quote in that vein. This comes from Shakespeare. To thine own self be true, in thought indeed. And so it shall follow as the night the day. Thou canst be false to any man. Inside each of us is this, this governing Factor This G, internal GPS where we need to be authentic, aligned with our beliefs, have that internal congruency where our thoughts are aligned with our feelings, our feelings are aligned with our actions, and that we walk our talk. When we do not seize the day, when we do not take leadership for our lives and for what we're creating What we do is we acquiesce our intentions. We let go of them in favor of looking good, in favor of fitting into somebody else's agenda. And I like to think of it this way, because it's the most disgusting thing in my mind, is that if I'm not living my life, then I am a puppet for somebody else. So seize the day, seize the day for yourself, seize the day for your family, seize the day for the vision that you have for your life, what you want to create. Who do you think you are? Whatever you think will determine your future, will determine what you create. And my friend, you have the ability to be, do, have anything you want. At the center of your being, at the very core of your essence, you are nothing. If you take away your personality, if you take away the mechanism of your mind, You are no thing. Meaning that in being no thing, you are energy. How you direct that energy, you can be anything. You can be one with everything. Carpe diem, my friend. Seize the day. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner directed as you seize the day and engage in the epic adventure.